0: Hello and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to have another very interesting show. I feel also a very important one because we're dealing with the subject of war. Yep, war. Not military war as we usually think of it, but much subtler, and that is the war that's taking place in cyberspace. And indeed, if you ask the experts, they will tell you that it is truly nothing short of war. Attacks, cyber attacks, as they're known, happening against corporations, against governments, against federal agencies, here and abroad. And these attacks are literally constant. And it's interesting because it doesn't require any military hardware. But it is using the internet, and it is using uh, the hardware of computers and servers to launch attacks that can be every bit as deadly and dangerous as militaristically based war. Uh, this has shown up in any number of different uh, ways, and we have seen large companies such as Experian, such as Sony, such as Home Depot, such as Maersk, actually be leveled in different ways. Their reputations hurt and with an embarrassing amount of information disclosed of their customers, of their clients um, and sometimes of the people who work at these institutions or organizations themselves. So what do we do about it? What can we do about it? It's a problem that continues to gain in momentum with uh, approximately some 500% increase over last year in attacks. And, well, we don't talk about it much because it's, in a sense, so harrowing. And you know us. We prefer to avoid than deal with the subject. Well, we have a gentleman on today who is not shying away, actually having had a background in military intelligence in Israel some years back, um, and he's facing the problem head-on through his role as CEO of a company called Emergent, Ori Lapidot, who has been fighting this battle, if you will, for some time, and helping companies, businesses, corporations, financial institutions, um, and government agencies deal with these issues and do so in a way that is really providing a solution. And today we'll be unpacking that. So, Ori Labadot, welcome to A Better World. A pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you, Mitchell. Thank you for inviting.
0: Absolutely. So, You know, as I just uh, was describing, the problem is daunting, and so I understand from you from prior conversations, the solution is awesome. So, would you tell us a little bit about what you see in your role as CEO of, number one, sort of the diagnosis, if you will, Ori, of the world's problem, and then the solutions that you have been offering through emergence technology, that was, by the way, should be said, was developed by Dr. Earl Crane, who, uh, former professor at Carnegie Mellon and formerly of the Obama White House, reporting directly to the president and in charge of cybersecurity policy. What you see as both the seriousness of the issue and the solution Emergent is bringing to the table?
1: Well, I think it's, um, it's interesting. If I may, I mean, I, I'd like to compare it to a little bit of the way we take care of our own body, right? I mean, today, um, most of us uh, go to our annual checkup where they do a blood pressure check, and they tell us, hey, it's time to exercise more and eat less, and uh, I'll see you next year, basically. <laughs> and that's, that's essentially, yeah, that's if we're lucky, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. essentially if you if you look at the way that uh, medium to large companies have been dealing with the cyber threats uh, essentially they're doing it the same way right they, uh, they have a bunch of uh, folks who are dedicated to addressing the day to day issues whether it's viruses or spamming or encryption and,
0: and then hacking um,
1: yeah and then uh, once a year Essentially, they typically have consultants coming in, asking a boatload of questions, and at the end, they identify one or two scenarios that are potential vulnerabilities or risks, and that's what the organization will be working on for the next year. Uh, while it's better than nothing, uh, at the end of the day, as you described at the opening of this uh, conversation, I mean, things change not only on a... Monthly basis, but on a day, daily basis or if not even by minute, you know so doing your annual checkup doesn't quite cover the exposure that we're all facing so what we've developed is a strategy that essentially imitates the behavior of animals or imitates nature, you know that the, the hive. Uh, so if you think, for example, mm-hmm. uh, ants or bees, as individuals, they're not particularly smart, but if you take them together as a hive, then they're very smart, they're very capable, and sometimes they just use the advantage that nature gave them, which is millions upon millions of members. Right? When they look for food, they just spread in different directions until one of them finds it, and then the rest of the hive follows. So we essentially said, hey, why, why don't we create a similar environment? And instead of doing the annual checkup, we essentially created what is comparable to an EKG machine that runs in the background 24-7. So Today you can see it through some of the smart watches, right, that track your pulse and they tell you what's going on. And essentially, that's what we do for the organization. And
0: So in other so words, to I understand, Ori, you're not just taking a snapshot of a moment in time and then requesting and scheduling uh, an annual checkup the following year. Instead, you have the patient, in this case, a, a client, a, a corporation, a federal agency, what have you, an election commission, set up for 24-7 monitoring in case there are any blips in the system.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. And the the best thing about it is, again, we use technology and we use artificial intelligence to come up with possible scenarios of what could go wrong. So sometimes you and I may come up with two, three, six, or even ten scenarios whereas the artificial intelligence can look at millions of different scenarios at the same time.
0: For instance, how many scenarios does your technology come up with that it could review yes. as possible threats?
1: Essentially, it's, it's unlimited number, you know, but, but obviously uh, the, the, the challenge that we have as humans, right? I mean, we can focus on two, three, six things um, but it's very hard to look at a couple of millions of scenarios of what could go wrong. So what mm, we've done sure. is we've actually, we've actually taken those different scenarios and then converted them into dollars and cents. In other words, what we allow the clients to do is to have essentially a dashboard, much like the one in your car, that allows you to see what's the risk in dollars and cents. So if you see that suddenly jumped uh, overnight then you definitely know there's a potential for a major impact on your organization mm-hmm. and essentially what we allow you to do is to be preemptive right to determine in advance what could go wrong and obviously address it before it actually happens
0: mm-hmm. you know i'm remembering an interview i did with uh, dr earl crane some time ago on the subject of the emergent technology and he was using the uh, biomimetic idea of nervousness following biology and when we as humans get nervous, you know we shake a little bit, we look around, we're wondering, we feel like we're going to be possibly attacked or there's something up in the atmosphere. So the way my understanding from him is that this system works is it basically is a measure of nervousness not of a human body but of a system of a network say for a company or an agency or you know, a, a collectivity of election systems of networks. Um, would that be an accurate way of describing it?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, that's, that's a very good point. As a matter of fact, um, you know, the other day I was talking to my teenage son and I, I he was asking about that. And the best example I came up with was I said, hey, you know, imagine walking down the street, right, on a nice sunny day, not a care in the world. And then you take that same walk, let's say at three in the morning where it's dark. It's windy, maybe it's raining, you can't really see very, very well, and now you hear a dog running towards you, barking towards you. So, mm-hmm. none of these events uh, should create a heightened level of nervousness by itself, but together, you know, they're not seeing the wind, it's cold, and now a yes. dog is running your way, uh, your level of nervousness or alert goes up. And that's exactly what uh, our platform does. Sometimes it can be small little things that we don't really perceive as being connected, but together, uh, essentially it creates a level of alertness, and obviously the platform lets you know that that is about to happen.
0: Wow, that's that's brilliant. It's brilliant. So now I'm thinking, um, real-world scenario, Uh a company is getting attacked. It has enough of a system in place, a firewall, other types of uh, different kinds of cybersecurity measures. And then you come in and Emergent is installed in their, in their uh, system. What difference does it make? What, what will happen? What can the CEO or the C-suite expect what kind of information will they get that would stop the attack, number one, and then give them information about their vulnerabilities? Very
1: good question. So well, most of the executive level, you know, and out there are, are really not IT professionals. Now, one of the biggest challenges is even if you have a very strong IT team, It's hard to communicate. They come in, they start talking in technical terms, and and it's very hard to really assess uh, whether you should invest more
0: or invest in a
1: different way. way. So what we've managed to do is take all that technical jargon and and translate that into dollars and cents. And then what we do is we allow... That's something
0: people understand for sure.
1: Exactly, and we allow the executives to make a decision. Let's say uh, the risk in your organization jumped overnight by $10 million. So now the question would be, instead of coming from IT asking for more money, now the executives will say, boy, how do I make that $10 million go away? And if the answer is, well, by investing another 100000 in this solution – then obviously the return on that investment becomes very clear, and you don't really need to understand um, any of the technical uh, jargon in order to determine that mm-hmm. that's a very good deal for your organization.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Well, that it sounds—it sounds like a bargain, actually. I-, I hope you're charging more than that. <laughs> but, but, uh... <laughs> no, I was, I was referring do,
1: to the cost of a solution, you know, yes, of, exactly. a, of a specific problem, you know.
0: No, I understand, of course. But what you're really saying is that relative to the seriousness of the problem of a $10 million potential risk and liability, to cost only, uh, you know, essentially uh, $100,000 for that is, as we say in Chinese, bubkis so it 's something yeah. that you could afford <laughs> to do, and if not you 're in trouble, even more trouble for sure no, I understand so take so this technology or just so our audience understands, will both give a digital readout of the risk in dollars and cents, but will it also stop the problem uh sort of like it's a using medical terminology which you 've been doing. Stop the hemorrhage.
1: Yeah, so what we, what we do is we obviously allow you to see uh, where the challenges are. And then obviously... In the system? Uh, in the system. In the and network. Then obviously, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, in the network. And you have to decide now uh, how would you like to address it, right? Um, yes. Originally, when we designed the platform, the idea was, hey, you know, if we see a problem, why don't we shut it down? And what we found is most of our customers were really not ready to do that as of yet. In other words, they did not want some artificial intelligent being uh, deciding uh, for them whether they should shut down the system or not. So what we do now is we essentially alert them, and then they can decide um, what's the best thing to do.
0: I see. I see. Sort of like... Self-driving cars, in a way, not really sure. I like the idea, you know. But if they get more sophisticated, maybe I'll consider it. You
1: know. Yeah, um, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I think. I think yeah. we all know whether we feel comfortable or not. Is that technology is improving, and as it does, the reliability and the service levels will improve as well. To the point where, at the end of the day. Uh, That's going to be the new norm, you know?
0: Yes. Yes, Think of uh,
1: banking. Who who, who thought 20 years ago that you'd be comfortable enough to do it online without an actual human on the other side? And yet, here we are.
0: Yes, exactly. And, of course, there are tremendous vulnerabilities uh, doing so as much as um, different IT professionals seek to lock down the dangers, um, they're still there on the internet as we know it. And of course, that's one of the reasons why blockchain technology is starting to become more, uh, more uh, popular. Because it, through that system, uh, there are many eyes on everything that's happening. And through that kind of um, uh, exposure, there's safety in numbers, if you will. And and with all eyes on a transaction, say, then there's, there's protection in and of itself. But I'm thinking about one of the main problems we've been concerned about over the last several years, Ori, which has to do with elections. How would you see uh, this technology, emergent technology, protecting elections?
1: Well, um... That's a very good point. I mean, it's exactly the same way we we protect organizations. I mean, we we would provide a very broad scope that will allow uh, the regulators or the government entity to really look into it and and, and expect those uh, potential exposures before they happen. I mean, what we do is we allow you to look at the future. You know, we allow you to have a glimpse of what can go wrong. It's almost like, yes. uh, I don't know if you've seen it. I mean, I live in Florida. So they, they, they come up with these uh, spaghetti charts showing you what potentially uh, will be the path of a hurricane. So while it's not 100%, it's definitely better than nothing, and it's fairly accurate. I mean, uh, today they're mm-hmm. talking about 90% accuracy at you know, predicting uh, what could go wrong.
0: I see. Peeking around the corner. So, no, that's a very good point. That is the notion of forecasting and probability and looking at what can happen. With these variables at play, let's say you're dealing with a financial institution of some sort or a government agency for that matter, you can really detect the potential. Risks involved and run the scenarios through the AI that will provide a, this very serious level of protection so the hacking or the intrusion, the cyber attack won't happen again and stop it from happening in fact in the first place.
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's well put.
0: Interesting. Well, this kind of thing is, God knows, it's so needed because if we have this intelligent use of uh, artificial intelligence working on behalf of people who are seeking to protect their companies or their institutions or their agencies or their elections for that matter, I mean, it sounds like what you've got going here really does provide that level of protection.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. And, and, and I would tell you that, you know, while today we talk about a large organization as, as, as the ideal client, you know, the reason for that is, you know, a lot of the large financial institutions spend over a billion dollars on an annual basis to try and protect our money, right, as, as, as clients, um, mm-hmm. But, as the technology is implemented, what I expect that will happen is it 's going to be adopted first by insurance companies that will want to know yes, mm-hmm. you know what 's their potential risk you know when dealing with different institutions or different entities, and obviously, based on that, determine what 's the exposure and how much you should pay, and then eventually uh, you know, in the next few years down the road, I believe that it will come down to the level of consumers. You know, so when you sit at home, you'll be able to take a look at it and say, oh, boy, it's time to update my password or it's time to oh, do some changes in my environment so that I don't get uh, hacked or exposed unnecessarily.
0: Oh, interesting. So even though you're set up to deal with large corporations, institutions and the like, at the same time on the macro level, you are imagining that it could also be translated into the micro level of individuals protecting their own little fiefdom, so to speak.
1: Sure, sure. I think their own I bank account inevitable
0: driver's license Absolutely. social security what have you interesting interesting wow i didn't really think about you know bringing it down to that miniaturized level so to speak but it it only stands to reason that technology is there it could be adapted toward any any level of our society so everyone needs protection so i i like that i like that idea so you've seen Tell us a little bit about the success you've seen in helping various uh, corporations, uh, what have you. What, what's been going on, on the ground, so to speak?
1: Well, uh, what we've seen is that the early adopters uh, obviously uh, like the concept very much. Uh, we also have a good chunk of the population who says, hey, you know what, um, let me see what happens first. And we believe that it's 100% inevitable. You know, it's, it's almost comparing to, because the way it's done today is, is literally manually. So it's almost like comparing an abacus to a PC, you know? Yes, they both huh. do the same thing, but yeah. that's where it ends, right? The calculation. Um, is is done dramatically different and and, and yes. we believe that in the next uh, three to five years this is going to become common practice uh, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact uh, if you don't have it uh, you won't be in business Yeah. so yeah. Uh, I think our biggest challenge uh, at, at Emergent is obviously having the right resources to expand fast enough uh in order to address the market needs and as i said today it's corporate and uh and large institutions and uh we expect it in the very near future within the next 5 years to become uh a, a consumer product so yes
0: interesting
1: that's interesting we've we've seen a lot of success um um also, you know, if if you look at the newspaper, you can't have, you know, go a day or two without seeing some other player who got in trouble. And unfortunately, it's it's not going to go away. I mean, if you if you think of uh, the behavior of the bad guys, um, in in the real world, right? If 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 you have a break in and now you put an alarm, then the bad guys will go somewhere where it's easier to work, right? Someone who yes. doesn't have an alarm. Then, if the neighbor buys yes. a dog, then they're not going to go to that neighbor. They're going to go to a third neighbor. So we see it as our job is to provide people and organizations with a solution that can help them address the needs before they happen.
0: Got it. Got it. In fact, you're uh... – bringing forth an idea that the EU came up with, which is to actually have laws and regulations in place that of a nature of compliance, that if corporations do not comply with certain cybersecurity uh, measures, they could be very, very severely fined. Could you talk about that a little bit, how the EU is in a sense more advanced than other parts of the world in this regard
1: sure sure so back in may last year uh, new requirements uh, entitled GDPR uh, have gone into place and essentially what they say is hey we don't want consumer data uh, being breached on a daily basis in order to try and prevent it uh, we want uh, organizations, a or companies to be more responsible and if an event does happen and the data is breached and they, the regulators in the EU, determine that you have not taken proper precautions, then they will fine you and that fine is, is very significant. I mean it can be a certain percentage of your entire organization's income or uh, 20 million euros per event, whichever is higher. So it's, it's pretty heavy fine. And the challenge now is, you know, when you, when you look at that is, hey, was I really speeding? It's almost like uh, giving someone a speeding ticket without having a speedometer, right? Mm. You say, officer, I was going 55. He says, no, you were going 85. Well, who's Right. So we honestly believe that with our platform, uh, that question is no longer there. You can determine if the company is really addressing the issue, trying to resolve the problem. And if so, then they were not speeding. In other words, they do not deserve a fine. And, um, and that's one of the aspects of our platform. And by the way, we do believe that the U.S., as well as other um, major uh, countries will adopt uh, similar um, strategies as far as trying to protect uh, consumer data uh, to the one that mm-hmm. has been adopted last year by the EU.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I think everyone would like to see that so that there's greater cybersecurity everywhere which might encourage uh, the bad guys to go into another line of work. <laughs> that would be the best.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
0: well, this has been wonderful, Ori Labadot, having you on A Better World and sharing this uh, world with a reduced amount of uh, cyber hacks and uh, in a sense, really, cyber war. I feel that in general and in, in polite company, we try not to talk about war too much. But in fact, uh, you just came back from Israel. You saw some of what's going on firsthand there and heard about it. And uh, we, we just know that this is going on. And it's behind the scenes largely, but it is massive and growing. And uh, I mean, I remember 60 Minutes did a show several years ago um, saying that, uh, uh, you know, a 14 year old teenager could, with a laptop, take down an entire water utility in a developed country, you know, and it doesn't take long if you know what you're doing. I mean, this is the vulnerability in our larger system. Thankfully, most people are very trustworthy most of the time, and everything runs rather well, but, and there are also needless to say, cybersecurity measures in place, but the fact that you have a technology as you do that can have such massive effect on so many organizations, companies, agencies, election uh, systems, what have you is just uh, something the world is calling out for. So I applaud your good work in this area and I want to just wish you the best of luck and to keep up the good work.
1: Thank you, Mitchell. I appreciate it very much. I, I appreciate the opportunity to share some of what we're doing uh, with you and your audience. So keep up the good work.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. Very good. So when, as things develop, we'll love to have you on again when uh, we see a cessation of these types of wars and uh, the bad guys have gone into uh, the business of uh, garbage collection or something. So thank you again. <laughs> appreciate it. And uh, hope to talk to you again soon.
1: All the best. Thanks so much.
0: Sure. Bye-bye now. That was Ori Lapidot, CEO of Emergent, one of the emerging cybersecurity companies that is uh, bound to have a global effect in the way they're going. As I understand what is happening on the ground, there are some major, major players who recognize the value of this kind of oversight into vulnerability and risk and taking account of it in a very serious way, which this technology offers. So, there is hope, my friends. There is hope. There are brilliant solutions that are available, and as we uh, cover more and more of them in the space of eco-technology, health and wellness, as well as cybersecurity. As any of you read the newsletter, I put in that this is a way of building our collective immune system, because that's just very much what's going on here. We're getting stronger and able to deal with attacks. So on that note, I want to just thank all of you and let you know that we are a nonprofit ourselves, a Better World Foundation, that has A Better World Radio and TV. If you do not yet get our newsletter, it's free. You can get it on our website at www.abetterworld.tv That's abetterworld.tv and your donations contributions are always welcome. And we love to hear from you. And if you also want to make a donation, just write to me directly at mjr at abetterworld.net That's mjr at abetterworld.net. We always appreciate hearing from you and your recommendations of shows as well. We also have a series of different consulting and advisory and coaching services available, so visit us again at our website as well as at mitchellraben.com. On that note, thank you again, Ori Labadot, for your good work and the development of this technology and company called Emergent and I look forward to seeing you all next week.